Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy to introduce you to my friend, Bonnie Mastin. As some of you may know, our oldest daughter is named Bonnie, and it's after this Bonnie. And uh, she was my new best friend when I got married and moved into this town of San Luis Obispo. And she attached herself to me, and she's so wonderful, and I'm so honored that she did. And we would go out to uh, breakfast once a week, and then one morning, I remember, I was supposed to meet her for breakfast, and I was late because I was in labor, but I really wasn't sure what I, what that was. Remember that day, Bonnie? I do, very well. Yes, and you told me I could have bacon or coffee, but I could still eat my breakfast. And then Bonnie was a pseudo, um, what do you call them? Not a, not a room mother. Oh, yes, a doula. <laughs> <laughs> And she was in on the birth of all three of my girls. So she has seen the best and the worst of me. And I praise the Lord for her. And so I was on the phone with Bonnie the other day because I needed some encouragement. And she's so wise that I thought, oh, I just want her to share some of her wisdom uh, with my Welcome Heart audience. So Bonnie, tell us a little bit about uh, your faith background and your family, if you would, please, to get us started. Okay, well, um, I was uh, a little, no, I was five years old when I asked Jesus into my heart mm. and I remember it. I was in Sunday school. My aunt Alberta was the teacher. And at that time we were going to Calvary Baptist church in San Luis Obispo. Mm. And uh, she prayed with me. And when we were done with uh, Sunday school class, she took me to my mom and dad and asked me to tell them. Hmm. what I had done. And so, of course, they were very happy. Um, I had a great bringing up. Uh, I have one brother and a, uh, my mom and dad. Um, probably the most vivid picture I have of them is when um, I would uh, sometimes get up after I'd gone to bed to use the bathroom or something. And I would see them uh, kneeling by the side of the bed. And I would hear them praying for my brother and I. <clears throat> Makes me kind of teary. Um, and you know, Bonnie, I want to interrupt you. I tell that story almost every time I speak. Because I speak about legacy. And I thought, what kind of legacy do we want to leave our children, the picture that you have of your parents is their prayers for you. And isn't it better that our kids rem uh, remember us as uh, folding our hands in prayers versus wringing our hands with worry, which is what I am prone to do. Yeah. So it was, um, those are, those are great memories. I have many. Um, my parents always took us to church, never dropped us off. I remember my dad, um, in fact, it was the year that he passed away um, that I remember this most vividly, that he would go in the kitchen and turn the oven hood light on um, because he couldn't find a place that was comfortable. And he would read his Bible um, there 
in, in, the, the, in the kitchen, in said. the kitchen underneath the uh, oven hood. Wow. <laughs> Light. And uh, um, he would have his elbows down on the counter and he would read for hours. Wow. There. Um, and so it, I just have, you know, I just have great memories of them. Um, I was a late bloomer as far as getting married. I married when I was 31. And I got um, you beat. I, I'm sorry. I got you beat. I was 35. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we started a family right away because we knew we had a late start. We have two daughters, Lindsay, Whitney, and then our son was born, Andrew. And Sue was in on Andrew's birth. For I, tried, I tried to be. <laughs> I almost well, fainted, I so I had to down. leave. <laughs> I made her sit down because I told her she, she, I didn't want her to fall. So um, he, was, he was my largest. He was 10 pounds, one ounce, and so he was a big boy. And how tall but, is he uh, now? He's six five. <laughs> wow. And he has um, married a wonderful gal. They're all married. They've, um, but Andrew and his wife are the ones that are producing our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a granddaughter, Everly, who is uh, two in August. And we're expecting a little boy, and his name will be Brooks. Hmm. And he will be um, here in no, late November. Wonderful. Wonderful. So we're very excited about that. Well, Bonnie, it sounds like God provided in his great grace and mercy, a solid biblical background for your uh, upbringing. And of course it takes two to tango. So we marry someone who has a different upbringing, maybe the same in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and what has been the biggest challenge in uh, helping your children uh, not be raised the same way, but be raised in the faith? What would you say would be a bigger, biggest challenge? Because it is difficult, I think. It is. And um, it would be nice if um, we could count on them feeling the same way that we do about our faith. Um, I know in talking to Sue and other friends that um, the challenge is still always going to be there. And I also know the reason for that. And I've shared this with Sue, but my dad always told me something. He said, God does not have any grandchildren. And that is uh, for sure. Um, what do you mean? Well, our relationship with God is our relationship with God. Our children's relationship has to be their relationship with God. And that's why uh, you asked me, Sue, what my legacy <laughs> would be. And um, I'm trying to, as, and I still am trying to um, gently let my kids know that, um, number one, when they think of me, I want them to get an immediate smile on their face. Mm -hmm. And number two, I want them to understand that is the most important thing that we can learn how to do is to seek God on a daily basis. 
and to realize that <clears throat> he's as real as the tree that you have in your front yard mm. and that on the other side of that is another illustration that I believe God gave it to me himself when I was meeting with a group of gals um, at the office that we worked at for many, many years. And that is that um, we, the things that we see are permanent or we think they're permanent, but they're really not because if there were a zipper in the sky and we could pull that zipper down, we would see really what's going on. And there's a whole world outside of what we see where God abides and he is constantly battling our wars with us. Let me ask you this. What, what has helped you understand? And it's really faith is a matter of not being able to see literally mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called faith. But what has encouraged your belief system that there really is something beyond that zipper? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think lately um, it's been, I've really been spending a lot of time in the Ephesians 1 and 2. Hmm. And what that's done is that has um, emphasized my security and what God has already provided. Security me. meaning security meaning what? My security, my hope maybe is a greater thing. It's not that I'm hoping that things are going to be what He said they would be, but I that I can believe that hope because it's as sure as my salvation. Mm -hmm. And um, that's another thing that I want my kids, my own kids, to be as assured as I am. Um, I've had discussions with my oldest daughter most recently, and she will say, well, Mom, how do you know that that's really true? Mm -hmm. And so I can share with her um, how how I found, you know, in Ephesians 1 and 2, mm -hmm. all of the things that God has provided me personally. And so if your listeners or your readers want to know their place in God's eyes, read Ephesians 1 and 2 and just write it down. Mm -hmm. Write down the list. Mm -hmm. He's prepared a place for us. He's chosen us. He's predestined us. It just, and the list goes on and on and on. It's almost, you know, my story, maybe you don't remember it because we've been friends so long, but I did go through a time where I doubted God even existed, uh, except I couldn't deny his work of creation. I just, you know, even though I'm not particularly scientifically minded, I just can't uh, believe that something just appeared except for God, somebody who would be God. And if I could fully understand God, this is something you could say to your oldest, if we could fully understand God, then he would be God. And, um, and my English professor, I told Mr. Hills in college when I was doubting, I said, I have some doubts. And he said, Sue, if, if God isn't big enough 
for questions, then he's not a big enough God, is he? So uh, I think I think he is not intimidated by our questions, but he is pleased with our faith. He's pleased right. with our faith. And I want to believe more as well. And I do think that doubts are common. Um, but the best way, when your kids ask you these questions, I mean, that is such an honor. What they think of you, the fact that they would feel safe to question things that they were raised with in your midst without you getting all mad or upset or start crying. Mm -hmm. Not that you don't want to cry. You can cry later, but not in front of them because then they (laughs) they don't want to ask it. Sometimes our kids are so close to us emotionally that uh, their questions or their statements can really tee us off. At least that's the case in my just having three daughters, but um, God is teaching me about the zipper too. And it's called zipping my mouth. I haven't learned that one yet. Oh, I think you're fine. Um, did you have to overcome any obstacles or make any changes to uh, make this legacy happen? Because, you know, when the kids are little, they go to Sunday school, they say whatever mom says is truth, and then they start exploring for themselves. What has been a challenge in this and how have you overcome it or are overcoming it? Well, I think that I'm a process <laughs> like anybody else. Um, I asked a, a young man in, uh, I forget, oh, I was in a grocery store yesterday and I asked him how his day was going and he goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, well, I'm sev- I just turned 71 and I still feel that way. So I hope that gives you some encouragement and I hope it never changes. Mm-hmm. as it keeps us on, I think that it keeps us on the right path if mm-hmm. we're looking in the right places. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we talked just a few minutes because there was a line, but um, I just love, I love those, I don't know if you can really call them God moments, but I love those moments where maybe I didn't say anything to find out where he was in his walk with his creator, but it reminds me of where I am Hmm. and it encourages me to keep looking, keep seeking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know. Does it, what did you ask me to answer? I got, how how have you been able to overcome uh, the challenges of trying to share your faith with someone who doesn't quite own it the same way you do? Not necessarily your kids. Oh, Um, I know you've worked with some people that have been difficult and how have you, I just wrote an article on how to deal with difficult people without moving to Australia, which we all want to do some days. So how do you deal with difficult people or people who are challenging your faith in God? Oh, um, well I had that happen and it took like 11 years, um, (laughs) in my last job, um, from the moment that I got there. Um, one particular person was going to make my life miserable and she wanted me to know it. Um, And God just really encouraged me Um, every night when I went home, I said, God, I don't know if I can do this another day. You know, I don't deserve this. (laughs) I've been working my whole life. I don't deserve to spend my last, my last job being, um, just bothered every day. But um, he really encouraged me that my job was to love her. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, Sue, he did. He, he gave me a love for her that, in fact, I thought about that this morning. Wow. How did that, how, how does he do that? You know, how he just um, will instill a love, a real love in your heart for somebody. And it's not just in your head because it's what you think you know you should do. But he allows us to feel a love Mm -hmm. for them. Well, you know what it starts with? It starts with a desire to please God. I mean, you could care less about the person at the beginning. In fact, you wish she weren't in your life. I mean, that's the way I felt about some people. Mm-hmm. But, but, what, but you and I walk to a different drummer, and the drummer has a capital D, and it's God, and he wants us to, he knows what's best for us. And so right. when he says, well, love as I have loved you, and we say, Lord, I don't love her. Once you say that, which is what you did, because you were crying mm-hmm. out for his help, that's like opening a door, don't you think? Oh, it's I do. Opening a door for his spirit to come alongside of us and actually do the transform- transformative work in our hearts and minds. And, mm-hmm. and when I am stubborn and say, well, I don't really want to love this person, especially if it's someone like my husband that I'm mad at or whatever. You oh. have walked me through many times when I go, why don't you used to say, well, I love Wayne, but I don't like him very much right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, Wayne is adorable. But uh, <laughs> But I think when we tell God, God, we really want to please you, isn't that when he comes through and makes that transformation? Right. And it's the way he loves us. I mean, we're the most unloved, um, unloving people. And we certainly don't deserve his unconditional love, Mm -hmm. which I can't say that I unconditionally love anybody when it all comes down to it, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, th- I think that that's just very accurate. Um, and I'll just add a little tidbit to this one person. Um, during my uh, almost 11 years at this business, um, she went through a breast cancer scare. Her daughter went through um, a colon cancer treatment. Um, her husband... Hmm. Um, had um, medical issues, and they were all devastating. And she had a past um, because her mother and her father both died of cancer. And so I, if, if I hadn't have grown to love her, I couldn't have been the one that would get up out of my chair and go over and hug her when I could see that something was wrong. Um, And so I just look at, I mean, it was a miracle. And my boss, um, when he had my going away luncheon, um, he, he was in tears the whole time. Mm. And, and, all 20 of the other employees were around the table and he, he said just some wonderful things, um, you know, that, that he wanted to be a better person because of the things that he had seen take place in my relationship with his office manager. And so it was, you know, it was just, 
it wasn't a pat on the back. It was just, it was just that I was just saying, you know, God did it. Mm-hmm. It was God, 100%. And um, I had the opportunity many times to share my faith with almost everybody that was there. And we had a lot of employees. And so I just, and, and I love that I'm still in touch with them. Mm-hmm. And um, now I want to change the t- uh, topic just briefly. I know I, that you and Wayne have been through some uh, challenging uh, vocational situations and mm-hmm. it's been difficult to probably watch Wayne, your husband, who's so dear, uh, struggle with some things, not his fault, not his doing. Um, what has helped you hang on to faith through those challenging circumstances? Well, I've learned um, more than once, <laughs> which you'd think that God wants you to teach me this lesson. Do I have to go through it again? Um, that my job with my husband is to not only love him, but to support him and to be his helpmate. And um, even though we've had some difficult times and, um, and it's happened through the hands of people that you wouldn't expect it to happen to happen with, um, I was, I think that my biggest challenge was, um, not to hold grudges with them. Mm-hmm. And again, um, God has allowed me to um, not necessarily want to live next door to them, but to love them because he loves them. And I can't say that if I met them face to face, that I would be willing to sit down with them and not tell them how I felt. Um, But I have seen my husband um, tell me that he welcomes a time to be able to sit down and tell them that he cares about them and that he loves them and that he forgives them. Mm. And, and so um, that's good. That's good enough for me. I mean, life, we're finding out life goes by so quickly Mm -hmm. And time passes in a moment <laughs> that um, it's not worth it to hold grudges or to be resentful, you know, to have any of any of those things um, because of how they affect everybody that you want to spend time with mm-hmm. and be able and to all, And not only that, and I know um, God, God's word says that it hurts us more when we don't forgive. Mm-hmm. The, root, the root of bitterness really ruins our lives. So why give that other person <laughs> that power over us? Right. But even beyond that, Bonnie, because we started off by talking about passing down the legacy of faith to our children. When they watch us go through difficult circumstances, it's really the best light and shining um, display of who God is and will be for them once we're gone. And uh, that that's what they'll remember, that their dad 
forgave someone who treated him uh, improperly. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's huge. Is there any uh, last minute or ending wisdom you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I was, I was thinking the other night about, um, cause when I, when I always pray before I go to sleep at night, um, before I end the day and I'm always reminded of this and I can't remember the woman's name, but when I lived in San Luis, there was a speaker that came to the women's Bible study and she spoke on the tabernacle. Oh yeah. And I, I remember, I'll never forget how she said, um, that, uh, the word says, um, and I don't remember, I don't remember exactly where it is, but it says, um, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Uh, be thankful unto him and bless, and bless his holy name. And so that's how I approach him when I say my good night prayer um, every night. And I'm always careful to praise God because. Mm-hmm then we remember everything that's happened that sometimes we don't feel is praiseworthy, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, even with COVID-19 and all of the other things that are going on now, mm-hmm. it's all worthy of his praise. And um, we can praise him because he's greater than that. He hasn't allowed it. I mean, he hasn't caused it but he's allowed it so that we can find something to praise him for in it. And um, it's what I found that, and I wrote this down, our praise is a result and comes when God shows himself to us anew. And great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so simple. You know, how many times have I told you my faith is so simple? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true um, that we can find so much in a day um, to praise him for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grateful uh, for you. And this has been a blessing to my heart just to listen to you chat and we need to chat again. And so um, folks, if you're listening and you have some comments or questions for Bonnie, you can ask them in the, in the show notes and um, I'll get back to you with what she says. (laughs) Thanks so much, my dear friend. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.